I'm Jeffrey Biesecker. This is The Light Inside. Our emotions, they frequently serve as one of the most mystifying aspects of our humanness. Yet just what role do they play in our day-to-day existence? Emotions are biologically based patterns of perception, experience, physiology, action, and communication that are culturally created in our brains. And it's the emotions that are driving us at the end of the day. So that's the number one thing I feel like I've seen so many of my clients struggle with is that they just don't realize that. You mentioned this awareness of ourselves. That's so brilliant. And I know for me, that's one of the places where I've often struggled is what is going on? I believe so thoroughly that all emotions and all different types of energy are really valid and anger is so valid. And, you know, if there are things that we hate, that's so valid. And, and I think it's really important to express those things. Those emotions are so powerful. And when you make those your habit and those your program, uh, the feeling of the program running is, is a lot better, in my opinion. As each of us address the onslaught of day-to-day challenges, which seem to regularly appear, At times, no other relationship than the one we hold with our emotions seems harder to navigate throughout our lives. As we've traveled the course of our program, we often return to this very subject and theme. Today, we revisit the best of the best in our ever-evolving series of episodes and storylines. In this quick shot reminder from season one with emotional detox coach, Sherry Anna Boyle. Emotional reactivity flips us into different modes of attention, often one in which our world contracts into a fixation on what upsets us, leaving us caught up struggling with our feelings. We offer you this reminder, release the struggle. Join us as we show you how to surrender these cycles of reactivity when we return to the light inside. So trauma seems to me to be an evolving definition. The more I work on myself and the deeper I go. Five years ago, I had no idea what the word, like it wasn't even in my vocabulary. And the pain in my life had gotten so great and I was sitting with the feelings for so long that I didn't understand what was going on in my body because I always run from uncomfortable feelings, but I didn't know it. I mean, it was that big awakening of, wait, nothing I've ever done is working anymore. And I'm left with this uncomfortableness inside. Like my emotions are in a Cuisinart all the time. And it's just overwhelming emotions in your brain and your body. So the way trauma shows up for me is there was abuse that had happened before emotional intelligence and logical thought. And my subconscious tries to protect me. So it buries those emotions and those feelings. And then I adapt in other ways of defenses to cover up and and keep away from that pain. Poet Sarah Kay tells us, there's nothing more beautiful than the way the ocean refuses to stop kissing the shoreline, no matter how many times it's sent away. That sea of emotions, it loves and hates, it weeps and it cries, and it allows us to feel our aliveness as human beings. As long as we openly accept it, along with the feelings of awareness our emotions are meant to bring. Suppressing our emotions as we seek to send them away to those deep recesses within often leads to lingering mental and physical pain, 
Healing those emotional wounds can open us up to new, often unfamiliar, and never before felt levels of yes, comfort. And with this healing comes a renewed sense of emotional experience, one that frees us, empowers us, and simply allows us to just be more like ourselves. Emotional trauma in a person, when decontextualized over time, looks like personality. Yet personality isn't permanent. And neither is our reactivity from emotional trauma. Emotional trauma in a family, when decontextualized over time, often looks and feels like family traits. In that same emotional trauma, within a group, decontextualized over time, looks and acts like culture. With all of these circumstances taking on a similar trait, they often turn toxic in their nature as we experience them. In order to detox from these emotional cycles, what steps do we need to take? Our guest emotional detox coach, Sherry Anna Boyle, tells us it happens as we set aside some focused time for self-care. Sherry Anna, I'd like to start today focusing specifically on those toxic emotional cycles and why the process of an emotional detox can be so effective in dealing with emotional reactivity. Sure. So the way emotional detox works, first of all, is that all emotions are good so long as they're processed. That's what this whole principle is built upon. So there's no good emotion, bad emotion, better or worse. Mm. They're all good so long as they're processed. So the way that we reduce reactions is to process your emotions, but you're not actually getting rid of your emotions. I think sometimes people think of it that way. You're actually releasing the way you react to your emotions and you're letting the emotions just be as they are. So once you make that shift, Jeffrey, of, okay, I'm not actually removing my emotions. They're not toxic. If I label them, I might believe that they are. If I say this one's good, bad, or I have too much of this one and too little of this one, which a lot of people do that too. Mm -hmm. I want more of this emotion. I want less of this emotion. When you do that, you're reacting. So the idea of an emotional detox is you're releasing the reactions are what's toxic so that you can actually be with your emotions and give them permission to do what they do best. And they bring you a lot of energy and consciousness. And once they do that, you're going to feel better and you're going to see things differently. From that perspective, our emotions themselves are often viewed as toxic or often called toxic This perhaps presenting a somewhat incorrect assumption, is it not? No emotion is toxic. So I'm just going to be clear that none of them are toxic. Yes. Uh, Let me reframe it. There's a patterning to that. There's a pattern. And we all have to be reminded, Jeffrey, even I have to kind of remind (laughs) myself because we, we are so trained it's so ingrained in us. It's been that way really since the beginning of mankind. We've just been, we look at emotions a certain way. And so it's going to take time for us to adjust to this new way. And what you're saying is, how do we not identify with them? How do we not become it? How does it not sort of take over? And, you know, a lot of people will say, for example, my anxiety, 
my anxiety, my anger, my stress. It's like, well, that's, you're identifying with that. What do you mean my anxiety? That's exactly what I'm going to be cleansing in the emotional detox is my behavior, my habit of addressing things that way. And once I recognize that and I clear that, you know, I was just working with someone before I got on the call and it, you know, I'll call it, it's like a pain management thing. Mm. You know, it's like, we're all doing our own form of pain management. And that is, we're all managing our emotions and the, the challenge is, so it doesn't go away. <laughs> you're just, you're just anxiety. That's who you are. Um, uh, you're not, you're not anxiety. You know, you're, you're far more than that. And it really minimizes us and devalues us and holds us down. And we kind of oppress ourselves and suppress ourselves when we allow ourselves to, to continue those conversations. So what do you do? Well, you, again, the point of an emotional detox is first you have to figure out, and I think this is really what you're asking, what exactly am I cleansing? And that is the first thing is, okay, if I'm saying my anxiety or if I'm identifying with my emotions rather than feeling them, because identifying is not feeling, it's thinking about them. It's believing them. It's creating a narrative or story. Eventually you get exhausted from that. Eventually you get to a place where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not happy. This isn't fulfilling me. I'm not satisfied with my life. I'm tired and I need to focus on myself a little bit. I mean, that's really the point you get to because pain management you do it not just in your own life, but you can start managing other people's yes. pain, right? And their emotions. So what are you cleansing? A lot of stuff, Jeffrey. <laughs> it, it, it's all of it, all of it. And you observe and you say, okay, this is really interesting. I just caught myself managing what I feel. And what the Emotional Detox has, the book, and Emotional Detox for Anxiety, is it has a system called cleanse. And I say, just go to the cleanse and move through those steps and allow yourself permission to clear those reactions so that you can begin to create something new. I like looking at that angle when you mentioned thinking our emotions versus (laughs) feeling. To me, I can see where sometimes, to frame it in that way, I can see where sometimes any one of us can step off of that path and say, what is feeling my emotion? What is thinking my emotion? And especially what is called overthinking or ruminating our emotions? No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing is, Jeffrey, is emotional detox. The core book was my, was my sixth, seventh book. And after that, I wrote emotional detox for anxiety. And I, when I started to, work on emotional detox. I had looked at the research. I had studied emotions. I presented it to my publisher, which was Simon and Schuster. And they said, this looks great, but you still need to do more work. So I went back and I did more work and I spent another two months on it, went back and they said, okay, now you've got something. 
And then shortly after that, once I was ready to rock and start writing this, I was hit with a really traumatic thing in my life. Um, it was very traumatic news. It affected me. It affected my whole family. And so now here I am. I'm not just writing about it. I'm, I need an emotional detox. And so how this leads to what you were saying, that it, thinking and feeling are not the same, once I went to therapy because, you know, I was, I was in crisis and I didn't have a therapist at the time. So I thought, okay, I got to go to therapy. That's what I'm supposed to do right now. Right. But I, I really became like the worst patient client, whatever you want to call me, because I had all this information in my head about emotions. And I thought to myself, this isn't, this isn't working for me. I can't do this. And so I went through maybe two, three therapists. Finally, I found one that worked. But even that one, it, it worked for about six months. And then I thought, I can't keep going with this because this is just rehashing everything. And I'm not, if I'm not able to go home after therapy and feel lighter, better, freer, more productive, focused, I have an issue with that. So what ended up happening was I was in therapy and the therapist got distracted and needed to get up and attend to something. And in that moment, it was silent and it was quiet and I heard a voice and it was loud and clear. And I said, okay, that's really interesting. So I left therapy and I was walking in my car and my husband was with me at the time. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not going back. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, you can go back, but I'm not going back. I'm, this is it. And I would go home and I would sit in a chair and I'd talk to that, whatever that voice, wherever it came from. <laughs> and I said, tell me more because I, I need help here. What's going on? And that's when I really started to realize um, that's when the cleanse channeled through those steps. And that's when I realized that talking is great, but, um, after you process your emotions, that's what I've learned. We've done the opposite, Jeffrey, we talk and then maybe go home and process. But the, the challenge is all that talking can bring up triggers. Yes. And then your 50 minutes is up. <laughs> and then you have to go home and figure out how to function. And I don't believe in that anymore. And um, I believe in therapy, but I believe we need to flip it. And I believe that we need to be processing first and then have a conversation because the conversation will sound, look, and feel much different. And you really ought to leave feeling empowered after a situation like that. Yeah, I think that awareness is key there you know are we being aware of what we're feeling how we align with that coming to that understanding of where that then like you said triggers us to interact yeah i mean we're we all have a lot to juggle um let's face it there's a lot of challenges here on earth that nobody gets out of that for sure nobody gets a a free ticket to you know, we have, we have these things that we're moving through. And so I find when you process your emotions, you really just, you gain something every time you never lose, you gain. But again, 
it's not about talking. It's about learning to feel your emotions without the narratives. And the cleanse helps me to do that. Other people might have other ways. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the only way. I've been teaching yoga for 19 years and meditating and all that. That wasn't doing it for me. I really needed a system that really helped me get clear on what was going on because a lot of emotions that are coming up. So when you feel something like anger intensely or resentment, those real intense emotions, it's because they were already there. So as much as we want to blame the thing in front of us, like the coronavirus or, you know, our partner or our boss, all of this stuff was already there. It's just, it's all being brought out. It's all coming to the surface. And so it has a very long lineage and sometimes it crosses generational and our emotions when we feel them, however, convert to energy, which can cross those barriers. Talking can't. Talking just keeps you sort of on one level of healing. We got to up the ante right now because stuff's coming up for people and for all of us just to go around talking, well, you can see it's not working. People don't get things done. Look at our government. No, nobody gets anything done. <laughs> There's like a ton of them and they're all running into each other. They're all in chronic levels of reactivity. I don't care what you believe or what your party is. They're all just bumping into each other. And, and so nothing changes. And so what I'm saying is we have to clear the reactions. And that is the, the blaming, the the complaining, the talking about it, the venting, and you see it all over social media, people yelling at people and defensiveness, all of that is suppressing our emotions. Mm. And your emotions is really the thing that's going to free you when we feel them. To me, the hardest connection often to make is I'm feeling this. And then that driver urge, whether it's learned or just that reaction, Mm -hmm. how do we bridge that? You know, again, I'm trying to reframe that language from bridge versus manage Mm. feeling, let it float, move through. Yeah. Comes to mind with me, you know, through my own experience with therapy and, you know, dealing with my own resolve with my emotions, Mm -hmm. feeling, recognize let it float through, resolve. Yeah. So, so that is a little bit of the process that the, the way that the cleanse works is the C, the C, the steps build on each other. So the cleanse is an acronym for an emotional detox. And the first step, the C is called clear reactivity, which is you basically, you want to get grounded in your body. It's like anything, Jeffrey, like, you don't want to go having a conversation without kind of centering yourself. Yeah. Right. And so many, <laughs> so many people do. We, we send a text or an email and we're like, shit, I should, I could have redone that. I could have said that better. You know, now we're in reactivity. Now we're in these dynamics. Da, da, da. And so it's really that C is about let's get centered. Let's get in our bodies. Let's connect our brain and our gut. Um, your gut is communicating with your brain all the time. 
and your gut is telling your brain whether you're okay or not, whether you're safe, whether you're calm. So it's not just about, you know, talking comes from brain. Whereas in order to really get to that gut connection, we have to do more exercises that are mindful and centering, like breathing, like stretching, like yawning, any, anything like that is going to help bring you to your body. And again, we connect the brain and the gut and the heart. So it's like bringing every, it's just like your car when it gets out of alignment, (laughs) you got to bring it in alignment so you can drive it properly. We have to do that as well. Right. And a lot of us are going through life in sideways. Exactly. (laughs) And it happens, you know, we got to bump it back on course. We we don't want to drive that thing into the ditch. Yeah. And the next thing is, you know, the L, which is look inward. And that's that space you're really asking about. And what you're saying is how do we acknowledge and then sort of let it flow? Well, you have to take what's happening. I always say go as close to the moment as you can. Don't go for the big head honcho, meaning like trauma from life, you know, (laughs) go for, go with the little things like, you know, gee, when so-and-so said that, that made me feel and just breathe into that and allow those emotions to come up and don't try to make them mad. If, even if they're ridiculous, you're like, oh, I felt, you know, angry and resentful and, the, and, it, and it doesn't match the situation. And you're like, why am I feeling so angry and resentful? I know that that it doesn't matter. Just let it come up. Don't analyze it. Don't judge it. If that's what pops up in your mind, let it be because that's what's looking to be acknowledged, validated, and released. And then look at, okay, if I'm feeling angry, you know, how am I managing that? What am I doing to, to, what am I doing? Am I talking to myself a lot? If I, am I telling myself not to be angry? Am I gossiping? Am I eating food? Am I spending time on my phone? What am I doing to avoid that feeling of anger? I know mentally it's there, but how am I keeping myself from actually allowing it to exist in my body? And then that's when you go into the the next step of the cleanse, which is emit, which is um, that's when we bring vibration into the body. So the vibration that comes in now helps to give you, it's just like any other kind, it's like giving you a push on the swing, you know, or a little push on your bike. And now you can glide a little bit. So we're just letting that glide through you. But we really need that awareness first of how you're preventing and coping and managing. And then after that, it's about okay, I'm swinging. I can feel it, but what am I focusing on? Because if we don't go to the A, which is activate, which means activate joy. If I don't start to kind of reshift my awareness on what I want to focus on. So if if I'm not angry, I'm focusing on peace, images of peace, not necessarily words, images. The body responds to imagery really well. The subconscious mind responds to imagery. The higher conscious mind responds to imagery. So now I'm connecting to higher aspects of myself. I'm having a dialogue that is not on a physical level. I'm really getting very clear with the universe of what I'm I'm focusing on now. 
that's the A and then the N is nourish. And that's some tools for how to really strengthen this. And then it moves into the S, which is surrender. And that's your free will statement, which I have in the book there. And, um, and it's your free will, you know, it's like walking you to a point and then, and then the doors open and now you have to walk through the door. I can't walk you any further. I have to let go of your hand and you have to choose to step through and say, I choose this new state of being. I choose this because your free will is everything. Nobody can make you feel a feeling. So you walk over that threshold and then you land into the E, which is ease of the cleanse. And that is the I am space, which is like really like coming home, coming home to yourself, coming home to wholeness, coming home to, you know, the source of who you are. And that is love. Really, I believe that there's only one emotion and that's love. Everything else is a reaction. Speaking to that point, that brings me back to an insight I had this morning. Our emotions color life experiences and give those experiences meaning and flavor. Sometimes those experiences leave a bad taste in our mouth. Sometimes those experiences, as we project them out, especially leave a bad flavor in someone else's mouth by our reaction. Mm -hmm. There are times when those emotions run afoul, as you mentioned, they get the best of us. Well, I am so glad we got to share this conversation today. You know, I'm, I'm feeling some very positive, very enlightened, and very feel-good emotions today. Happy, happy, happy. We're happy. happy. Well, I am so happy we got to talk. (laughs) Thank you so much. I also feel very grateful. (laughs) Thank you, Jeffrey. Thanks for inviting me. I'd love to do this again. As we close our program today, remember this. Your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Think them, feel them, process them, then simply release them. Once you become aware of your subconscious reactions, you can shift how you handle your emotions and trust your intuition. Transforming your toxic reactions to relieve stress, increase self-love, and inner peace. Go to www.SherryAnnaBoyle.com to download your free five-minute daily cleanse meditation or check out Sherry Anna's book, Emotional Detox Now. It serves as a reset for the soul, flushing out negative feelings, clearing a path for new habits and behaviors while energizing you to welcome peace, acceptance, and pure joy. You can purchase your copy today. As always, we are grateful for you, our valued listening community. If you found this episode meaningful, please share it with a friend or loved one. This has been The Light Inside. I'm Jeffrey Biesecker.